You're listening to The Word of Hope, a radio ministry of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Our preacher is Pastor Brian Wolfmuller with today's Word of Hope. In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear Saints, I did a little math last night. I'm not that good at it, but uh, this is an estimate. I think I have in the last nine years stood here and preached to you 1,250-ish times. And... And every time I've called you saints, raise your hand if you've been here for everyone. <laughs> now, I think once or twice I might have begun the sermon, Dear Sinners, but we got around to the Dear Saints part by the end. But here we have this question, especially today, to ask this question, what does this mean to be a saint? Today we celebrate All Saints Day, and so it's a pretty good day to figure that out. Now, most of the time when we think of a saint, I think we have one of three definitions, and they're all very, very similar to one another. The first is that we think of a person who does a lot of good works. My grandma is a saint means my grandma spends all sorts of time doing good things for other people. Or we could mean by this a person of intense, uh, above-average religious devotion. My grandma is a saint means my grandma is always praying, always reading the Bible and her devotion, always going to church. Now, I'm not sure why every time the example is it's of a grandma, they seem more saintly than the rest of us. But that could be the second definition, someone with an exceptional piety. Or perhaps it means someone who has endured a lot of suffering with patience and with faith. She's been suffering with cancer for months or for years. She is such a saint. Now, in all three of these definitions, a person has distinguished themselves through their efforts of love or of piety or of patience. And I think all three of these examples are helpful for us to think about. That the Lord would first mark our lives with love for one another, with a love that sacrifices to serve the neighbors that the Lord has given us. This is the first mark. Or that our lives would be marked by a dogged determination to pray, to wrestle with Jesus and to grab a hold of his promises and his gifts and of him himself. Or thirdly, that our lives would be marked with patience, with with endurance, with hope. That we, like Jesus and, and all the saints that have gone before us, would endure the suffering of this life, b- being sure of the resurrection and eternal life. That these are our promised inheritance. But is this what it means to be a saint? To be filled up with good works? With love? And hope and patience? and Something like this? The word saint means holy one. And is that holiness from ourselves? Is this title, saint, something we've deserved or something that we're trying to deserve? I surely hope not. And remember what the Scripture says of us. No one is good. No, not even one. The heart is wicked above all things. In sin, my mother conceived me. So so we're taught to pray prayers like this by the Lord himself. Uh, Forgive us our trespasses, (laughs) which means that we have trespasses that need forgiving. And Lord, have mercy upon us. 
We are sinners. And a sinner is the exact opposite of a saint. Our works and our corrupted nature cry out from earth to heaven for God's wrath. We are asking for it. Do you remember when you were a kid and you got caught beating up your brother and your mom said to you, Brian, why are you punching your brother? <laughs> and you said, he was asking for it. Remember that? <laughs> that is what our sinful flesh and our sins are really doing. We're asking for it. We really have deserved God's temporal and eternal punishment. We really have managed to earn for ourselves hell. Now, it is one of the marks of our sinful nature that we actually don't know, or at least we don't feel how bad we are. It doesn't seem like to us that we actually deserve hell, but we do. And we have to know this. That the wrath of God that Jesus suffers is the wrath of God that you and I deserve or else the cross doesn't make any sense at all. But look, the cross, which shows us the depth of our sin, is the same cross that shows us the height of God's love for us. It's on the cross where we see the wrath of God that we deserve, but it is also precisely on the cross that we see God Himself suffering His own wrath that should be for us instead of us. And this was for you, to forgive your sins, to take them away. Now, the vision that uh, Jesus gives to John in Revelation chapter 7, which was our epistle text, shows it to us beautifully. I heard a pastor say this week that he thinks that Revelation chapter 7 is the most beautiful thing ever written down in the history of the world. And I'm, I think he could be right about this. Starting in verse 9. After this, I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hand and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing round the throne and round the elders and the four living creatures and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. And then the angel turns to John and asks him a question. Who are these clothed in white robes and from where have they come? And John says, you know. And so he answered and said to John these words. These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Now here's the picture. Imagine that you were born Wearing a robe. It's supposed to be white. And you are to wear it your entire lives. Never to take it off. But instead of being white, even from the very moment that you are born, this robe is filthy. And every time you sin, there is another stain added to the robe. Another tear on this garment. Every sinful deed is a mark. Every sinful thought is a mark. Every selfish moment, every neglected act of love, every unpure thought or thoughtless word is a mark, a stain on this robe. 
And this robe that is yours, which is supposed to be white and pure, is nothing but filthy rags. And the smell, you don't even want to think about it. This robe serves as a logbook of your own wretchedness. And then you die. And you appear before the judgment seat of God, dressed in the shame of these miserable robes, these threads hanging around you. This is a horrific picture. But then the vision of Revelation tells us what happens. The Lord takes these robes and He, and He dips them in a vat filled with the blood of Jesus and He pulls them out. And they are white and pure and perfect and whole, gleaming with a radiance that almost blinds you, that all of your sin and all of your filth and all of your nonsense, all of your wretchedness, all of it is washed away in the blood of Jesus. And now the Lord takes this robe made white by His own blood and He wraps it around you, the robe of His righteousness, the robe of His protection, the robe of His forgiveness, the robe of His holiness, the robe of His love. Bright, perfect in every way, clothing you. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Holy, pure, righteous, and lovely all by Jesus and by His blood and by His cross and by His righteousness and forgiveness. He has robed you with His holiness even as He has robbed you of your sin and wrapped you in His eternal life and blessedness that will never end. And this, this is what it means to be a saint. It means to be forgiven. It means to be washed and cleansed by the blood of Jesus. It does not mean that we possess an abundance of good works. It means that we possess Jesus That we take a hold of His righteousness even as He has taken away your sin and taken a hold of you. And because of this, because of His death and resurrection, because of His forgiveness and giving to you His righteousness, listen to how it is with the saints that are in heaven. Verse 15. Therefore they are before the throne of God and they serve Him day and night in His temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. They shall neither hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd. And he will guide them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. You... Dear saints, are saints. (laughs) Because you're forgiven. Because you were died for by Jesus. Because none of your sin has any place before His throne. It's been washed away by His blood, by His death, by His mercy. You are perfect. 
For you possess the righteousness of God Himself, accounted to your, uh, accounted to you by His mercy and apprehended by your faith. You are holy ones. Not because you've kept the law, but because Jesus who kept the law keeps you. So 1,250 times, saints, and 1,250 times, 1,250 more times, we rejoice in this, that Jesus in His mercy calls you His saint. Amen. And may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hope you were blessed by today's Word of Hope. Hope Lutheran Church is located at 1345 Macon Street in Aurora, Colorado. Their weekly schedule is as follows. Sunday morning worship at 9.15, adult Bible class and youth Sunday school at 10.45 a.m. On Tuesday mornings there is a matin service at 8.30 a.m. with a Bible class to follow at 9.30 a.m. You can find out more about Hope Lutheran Church at www.hope-aurora.org. That's www.hope-aurora.org. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you in His grace.